Hello folks and welcome to another edition of Variable D Postulate on Solve Projects. This is your host, your friendly neighborhood studio man, Nick Drawstuff. I have a really good show for you today, as always. Today I am interviewing Don Kagan about his work as a musician, band leader over the years. This is sure to be a very informative conversation. But first, let me give my bi-weekly shout-out to companies I support. First, I play Wedge Trumpet Mouthpieces on all my horns. These mouthpieces were designed by Dr. Dave Harrison of British Columbia, and he manufactures these on beautiful Gabriola Island. You can find out more by going to wedgemouthpiece.com. I highly recommend that you do. Next, I play all Getson trumpets, from bass trumpet to piccolo. These horns are manufactured in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, and I highly recommend that you consider buying one of these horns. You can go out and find out more by going to getson.com trumpet to get all the information that you need about Getson trumpets. Now, for the last few weeks, including this one, I have been interviewing trumpet players who double on a very unique instrument called an EV. That's E-V-I for Electronic Valve Instrument. It's an electronic wind controller that's designed to operate much like a trumpet, but allows you to drive all kinds of electronica. These were moderately popular for a while, but then they sort of vanished. Akai was probably the biggest manufacturer that made them, but they discontinued it. They sort of lurked in the woods of phantom manufacturing and resale for a while, but recently they are enjoying a bit of a renaissance thanks in large part to a handful of players and a Swedish manufacturer, Berglund Instruments. You can find out more information on these instruments at berglundinstruments.meteorif.com. Now that's a bit of a mouthful, so let me kind of spell that out for you. That's Berglund, B-E-R-G-L-U-N-D, Instruments, dot Meteorif, that's M-E-D-I-A-R-I-F, dot com. So by giving them a plug on the show, I hope to continue to expand on the Renaissance by you know, maybe piquing your interest in visiting the website, learning more, and considering adding one of these instruments to your arsenal. Okay, now on to today's show. Today I am interviewing trumpeter, band leader, music contractor, and EV player Don Kagan. Don is a highly experienced professional musician in the Chicago area and is a treasure trove of ideas about survival in music in the 21st century. Before we get to the interview, let's hear Don and his trumpet and his EV in action on Elgar's Pomp and Circumstance. The official YouTube title is Congratulations Class of 2020, Pop and Circumstance Number 1 with Trumpets and Eevee. After the show, you should check out the videos. They are really pretty amazing to watch. Okay, Pop and Circumstance. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, folks, we've been listening to uh, Pomp and Circumstance, um, uh, performed by Don Kagan, all the parts, and on an EV, electronic valve instrument, and trumpet, and it's just an amazing thing. And Don, I want to welcome you, and I, I thank you for doing my show today. Well, thanks for having me, Nick. Um, it's great to, great to uh, be on your, your program. I've enjoyed the podcast that you've uh, put online for us. Well, thanks, man. Um, I hope to get a lot of really good information covered. Um, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about pop and circumstance. And one of the reasons I like that was it's mixing two instruments, your trumpet and EV, electronic valve instrument. Um, Tell us about that. Tell us about that track and, you know, uh, what possessed you to do it that way? Well, here we are in COVID times and yeah. uh, musicians are looking for ways to uh, express their art form, ways to get gigs. So I had an ongoing client that um, um, needed our uh, – uh, brass quintet to play for a commencement and we weren't going to be able to play play live this year so uh, i put together um, a recording for them um, in my own studio and then later turned it into a video um, which uh, your listeners can can find on youtube under my um, production company enhanced productions um, it was great fun um, i got to play the trumpet parts uh, the two trumpet parts live. I, this, this was a brass quintet transcription. So I yeah, played the yeah. trumpet parts. And then for the horn, trombone, and tuba, I used uh, the EVI controller uh, for each of those tracks. Could you, could you tell us a little bit about that instrument? That, that is something that's been a little bit of a theme for the past couple of weeks. Um, and I'm going to try to make it a theme for a while. Tell us about the EV. Well, um, the EV was invented by Niall Steiner, who is a um, classical trumpeter. He actually did some subbing work in the Utah Symphony as a, as a young oh, man. Wow. And um, Niall is one of, uh, one of America's great inventors in, in musical instruments and technology, um, like uh, Robert Moog. Um, he designed okay. many, many synthesizer circuits and custom synthesizers. Um, the EVI, or EV, is his way to uh, introduce a trumpet-like control to a synthesizer. So we use trumpet-like fingerings. There's some variations in there, but there's, yeah. if you can play trumpet, you can play the EVI. And trumpet-like articulation um, on, on the instrument. And then we use that to control any variety of sound modules, yeah. whether they're inside your computer, um, plugins, or actual hardware uh, sound modules. And Niall started doing this in the 70s and became a prolific um, musician on soundtracks in, in Hollywood. I think he yeah. started with um, um, Apocalypse Now was one of his first big ones. And yeah, then yeah. career went crazy after that and spent many years in the studios. Um, I was lucky to obtain um, one of the first available commercial commercially available instruments, um, which was Niles Design, but it was um, built by Akai, a Japanese instrument okay. manufacturer. And um, I obtained that in 1985. So I've been playing various incarnations oh, of the my. EVI for 35 years. Oh, my. Oh, my. I didn't even know they were around that long. Yeah, the, there's older ones than the one I have, um, which really? are really wonderful to, to look at. I've never owned an older one. I was always worried about 
you know, what condition they might be in and could I get parts? Yeah, uh, yeah. My 35-year-old my Akai, um, Niall, recently uh, rebuilt and, and did some modernizing too. So um, okay. he personally has had that instrument in his hands. So, so Niall rebuilt it, not, not Matt Traub. Niall rebuilt it, yeah. Okay. Matt um, Traub is quite an expert too from what I understand. Oh, he's the wind synthesizer community is is highly indebted to to Matt. Um I have two of Niall's instruments called MIDI VIs. Those came along later and um, Matt did considerable customizing on, okay. on one of those. Um made it wireless and all sorts of uh advanced features. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we had a little bit of a Zoom delay in there. I'm not going to edit it out. I want it to sound natural, so it'll be in there. <laughs> but this one, for our listeners to know what happened, <laughs> they probably do already. Um, okay. Um, the, uh, uh, what possesses you to start playing the EVI? Well, I have to um, I have to give kudos to to my wife Becky for that. She saw okay. an article that was actually an uh, an interview with Sam Zambito, who's a trumpet player in oh, Orlando, yeah, yeah. Florida. And Sam um, was an early uh, EVI player, much earlier than I. And uh, but he got some article that got syndicated in the press, and she read it and thought this would be perfect for me with my interest in in electronics and electronic music, and we went about trying to find how to contact Nile. That's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what you can do with that thing. When I first heard that pop and circumstance, I didn't watch the video right away. Folks, if you're listening, if you're listening to this, you gotta see the video. It really kind of turns your head around a little bit. Um, and then I watched it and then I realized the only parts that were real instruments were the trumpet parts. All the others were uh, the EV and they just sound Perfect. Well, thanks. Thanks, Nick. I mean, I've been working on, as I said, I've been playing EVI for 35 years. So I've been developing um, um, how to contour sounds and how to program sounds to make them, you know, realistic. And of course, uh, it's your own personal musical ear that makes the sound musically effective or not and as a you know a brass player of 50 years i know how to what a trombone should sound like and i know what a horn and a tuba should sound like so you know i'm playing those instruments with the phrasing in mind you know that um that an acoustic musician would one of the things i was noticing and watching in videos online is that you play a variety of them i know you play the akai and um uh now i've also seen you play a standard uh, the one that he made, I've seen you play a, a Berglund uh, the, made by the Swedish manufacturer, Johan Berglund. Can you tell me a little bit about the uh, manufacturing history of these instruments? And uh, I gather there's a bit of a, um, let's revive the EV uh, the trend that's going on right now, which I'm very thankful for because I'm about, I'm about to join the ranks. I'm going to buy one. Well, fantastic. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. Well, as I mentioned, uh, Niall started building these instruments um, in the 70s. There was an Italian company called Krumar that distributed them for a while. Okay. So if you can see them under the Krumar name, you can see them under the Steiner Parker name and, um, you know, some that are just called Steiner phones. And then Akai had the license for a while. Um, and when they stopped building EVIs, they uh, Niall started um, making available his next um, uh, incarnation called the MIDI EVI. Okay. And uh, that was, I would say, 
mid nineties or late nineties, um, that I got, got that. And, uh, now I have two of them and of course he hand built those in his workshop and they have advanced, um, performance capabilities from the Akai. However, one thing that's fantastic about the Akai and the early ones is they were control voltage instruments. They were natural, uh, think of, again, of a a Moog synthesizer. You could control a synthesizer um, with direct voltage expression. There's no limitations of the steps of 0 to 127 of MIDI, Mm -hmm. but a very smooth analog circuit. Um, the Steiner uh, MIDI EVIs, the idea there was not to be tied to one sound module, but be, to be able to use MIDI okay. and then control an outboard sound module. As of right now, I only know of two guys playing the EV in the Chicago area. Um, are there any other people out there that I don't know about? That's a good question. Um, there never were too many of us. Uh, yeah. Um, Jack Kramer and myself are the only ones that, that I know of right only, now. Only one I know of. Yeah, but let me say that nationally and internationally, it's becoming quite popular again. I mean, oh, I, yeah. there is, there's there's manufacturers now that are making EVI. Uh, they're making EWIs with EVI fingering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there's lots of Facebook groups. Um, who are trading information. So um, I think there's a renaissance of... Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet is really is the reason, well, why do this? Yeah. Well, it's a double. You know, I'm a professional trumpet player, and it gives me another color. I can can play synthesizer lead lines. I can play... Um, as you heard on the pomp and circumstance, I can emulate other instruments. Yeah, yeah. I have composers who are calling on me to play uh, um, various ethnic instruments that they wouldn't necessarily be able to get into the recording studio, but they want me to play, you know, South American flutes or um, Armenian double reed instruments. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. these in my collection of of programming after so many years and so i'm on so all sorts of soundtracks that way um it's just enlarged my palette of sounds and we were able to bring an expression to the synthesizer that keyboard players can do but it's much more difficult for them because yeah, yeah. a, key, a keyboard Print is a, yeah yeah keyboard is essentially an on off switch you know uh-huh. up and down and you have to do lots of extra programming with a breath controller, with all sorts of expression and mob wheels and stuff like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. And that, as trumpet players, as wind players, that's what we do. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. All the time. So I'm able to use my breath, my articulation, my fingering, and express myself in many different ways. Yeah. Let's listen to another track. Um, now, I'm going to mess the pronunciation of this up. Uh, In fact, I think you know a track I'm talking about. I'm just going to let you introduce it. Well, this is um, a Jewish prayer called Hashkivenu. Thank you. And (laughs) it's a prayer that um, people say at night, at bedtime, uh, asking for a a peaceful sleep and may they be renewed in the morning, you know, that kind of thing. And um, a synagogue asked me to, to record this, and I was trying to decide what to do, and um, I had a kind of unique process for me. I just turned the iPhone on. Mm -hmm. I started a groove 
meaning I turned the iPhone video recorder on. Yeah. Um, I started a groove on in Logic, a little percussion groove. Yeah. And I picked up my flugelhorn and played the melody of this prayer and then just started on the EVI doing layers of other colors. So it ends up sounding, hearing you're hearing me play a duet or a trio with myself. This was not pre-planned. This oh. was not composed. I didn't have a chord chart. Uh, it was really just layers of melody. And then I edited it together. And it, 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 people really have responded to it. I think I, I, I touched a chord. So I hope you enjoy this. Hashki Venu. It's from right, horn and EVI. <laughs> let's give it a listen.
we've just heard a, a, a lovely EVI and Fulgon duet, uh, and that uh, again, amazing stuff. Let's um, talk a little about the a bit about music in general and music business. You have a thriving business as a band leader and music contractor uh, in an era that's a little bit difficult right now. Well, right now it's really exacerbated by the pandemic, you know, which is a whole different story. But in general, um, being doing what you do, contracting uh, live music for private events is um, kind of difficult. It's changed over the years. Tell, can you tell me about your history as a music contractor and uh, how it's evolved for you? Well, thanks for acknowledging, uh, Nick, the success of, of my music business. Um, it's been a long road. There's ups and downs. It's uh, been a great joy, and it's been a great challenge. I started the business when I was a college student at Northwestern. I was in the school, school music, quite a renowned school of music for trumpet players, and I was in the, the trumpet studio of Vincent Chikowitz, and also got to study with Arnold Jacobs. And um, after the first couple of years, I really wanted to make sure that I had a business for myself when I got out of school. I was really motivated to make sure I had some success. Um, so I took a year off of being a registered student to start a band business, to start oh, my band. And still studied with, with Vince and actually made more progress that year because um, I was able to really just be a trumpet player. Um, but started the band way back then, so we're talking about um, late 70s. Um, there was a lot of work back then, and we were able to right away, maybe as a five or a six piece band, you know, fill up the calendar with several several performances a week. Um, over the years, the band's gotten larger, and parties have gotten more complex, and um, the demands have become higher and higher in terms of what the clients um, expect out of our performance. Now it's Lots of singers and a horn section and violins and incredible sound technicians and lighting. And it's really quite a production that it's grown into. The business has its challenges. Um, yeah, yeah. There are lots of musicians looking for work who are doing similar kinds of uh, work. There are DJs and clients who would prefer to have a DJ that... Yeah, yeah barely existed when I got started. It was there, but it wasn't much of an impact on the business. Yeah, now yeah. it's a major impact on the business. Um, there's many, many more venues. As a host, you can have your party. Well, what that means is everybody can have their party on Saturday night because there's plenty of places they can host their, their wedding. Mm. Back when I started, there weren't as many venues here in Chicago. So oh, people really? would have Friday parties and Saturday afternoon parties and Sunday afternoon parties and Sunday night parties. Uh. And you work four or five times a weekend. Now there's so many places you can host your, your event or your wedding that um, everybody gets their Saturday night. Well, that oh, means yeah. the bands tend to work less and less. I hadn't even uh, thought of that. Yeah, people don't have that analysis, but I'm positive of it. Oh, yeah. Um, the right, business right. has gotten diluted because of the, the extreme number of venues. Um, these days. So we have all sorts of outward pressures on, on, on the music business, and that's aside from COVID. I mean, everything is dormant right now yeah, in terms yeah. of the, the uh, live event business. But uh, over the years, um, we grew from um, my own band to uh, 
you know, setting up some new bands that we developed so they would sound very similar to yeah. mine. And I really have to acknowledge my wife, Becky, who were partners in the business. She has great ability to understand what the market needs, great ability to speak with clients and um, help them, uh, you know, get their needs met, their music needs met. So we've uh, built a business over the years, mm-hmm. uh, starting with our band and a few other groups. Um, and then some smaller ensembles, um, just groups yeah. that specialize in cocktail music or specialize in dinner music and stuff like that. Yeah. So we tend to do the larger events, but might have some smaller ensembles going out simultaneous with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's really interesting. Um, what I have had occasion to play with some bands that are tracking. They're, they're using tracks. Uh, have you encountered that? Well, certainly I hear about it, but we don't do any of that in, in my band. Or, or oh, my okay. Yeah. Um, we have a large band, so we often have, you know, the full horn section or, you know, yeah. three-piece horn section, if not larger, and we often have a percussionist. We often have uh, a, a rock string section, and then there's, you know, lots of vocalists. There's five vocalists. So we have the ability, and the drummer has the drum pads and all the electronics. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I play the EVI plus trumpet, so I can play yeah. synthesizer lines, plus our keyboard player with multiple keyboards. So we use... Um, the instrumentation, the variety of instruments to uh, be able to play all the synthesized and synthetic sounds that you would get out of a, uh, a group that's using tracks, but we're able to do it live and keep everything live and flexible. Yeah. Live means we can shorten it, we can lengthen it, we can make it more uh-huh. intense, you know, we can speed it up, we can slow it down. Um, I would not want to play uh, in a wedding or party band with wearing headphones and playing with tracks. Yeah, I Um, I, I kind of share that emotion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I have that occasion too. Um, Let's listen to another uh, little bit of music. Uh, Let's hear uh, Mozart and Dante in C. Can you tell us about that track, please? Yeah, thanks. This was from an online recital that I gave a few weeks ago. Oh. And um, was this one of the selections. And so what, what your uh, audience, but our audience will hear is just the audio from, from that uh, Zoom recital. And this selection, I'm using an, a classical flute sound on the EVI. And it's a lovely piece by Mozart. Um, nice story behind it. Um, a flautist didn't like the slow movement of Mozart's G major flute concerto. And this guy was of financial means to commission Mozart to write an alternate movement. <laughs> so this Andante in C is the alternate movement to the Mozart G major flute concerto. Oh, I'll be done. Well, let's listen to it. Mozart Andante in C.
Don, you've shared with us a, quite a bit of personal history about you know, building a music business. And among my listeners are, are music students who are looking for ideas about how to survive in the 21st century. And that's um, a, a really interesting challenge because uh, I'm a little older than you are. I, I remember when things were a certain way and it's all totally changed. I've had to adapt to survive. I'm sure you have. What advice would you give to a younger musician coming up, uh, just getting out of music school, like you were at Northwestern, about what they're going to do with their lives to uh, put food on the table? Such an important um, topic, Nick. Yeah. Well, it's all about versatility and not getting shoehorned into one particular uh, style or one particular goal. We do have to have um, that center of practice that's the main part of our artistic life. So if you're a classical trump trumpet player and want to be a classical trumpet player, you're going to spend many hours a day working on those skills. If you want to be a jazz or jazz trumpet player, you're going to spend many hours a day working on those skills. Mm -hmm. So we, we absolutely need primary focus. And I'm, not, yeah. I'm not going to deny that. We also can't put the blinders on. Okay. And you have to reinvent and you have to be ready to be versatile and find your own a niche in the marketplace. It seems every few years, Becky and I have to come up with something else, something that's going to excite the clients uh, to to take a look at our band. Um, right now on EVI, since that was part of our discussion uh, today, I not only do recording work as we've been talking about, but I'll go out and play live with my EVI and with computer and a little DJ setup that I've learned how to use. Yeah, and, and, and I'll go out and play a, a corporate reception. Um, I'm, I enjoy it. The client just, loves just it. You? Just you? Just me. Just oh, me and, and you know, the computer and a DJ setup and my EVI and my flugelhorn and trumpet. But the point is that Continue to reinvent, continue to look for new opportunities that's going to set you apart um, yeah. in the marketplace, learning how to use all of the technology tools about um, um, music software in terms of um, recording yourself, yeah. in terms of composition, getting your stuff online, learning how to use video software. This is all going to be very new to someone who just came up wanting to be a classical oboist. Okay. Yeah. But if you want to get your oboe out there to the world, you may need to, you know, make recordings and make videos and present yourself. It's interesting. You mentioned oboist. There's a guy, I think he's in Canada, a bassoon player who is into all the electronica. And he's done work with um, Cirque du Soleil. And this is a classical bassoon player who did exactly what you're talking about. He adapted completely to, well, to survive, you know, using loopers and all kinds of other weird stuff. Uh, he hasn't, a, I, I don't know if he's going with Ewe, but he certainly has done the adaptation thing. You know, we talked earlier, you know, or it's popped up a couple of times about the whole COVID thing and, you know, what we're doing to survive. And I, uh, I was impressed by one of the tracks that I've watched on YouTube of uh, your band, 
playing Fly Me to the Moon. I think, was that Nelson Riddle? Yeah, that that uh, chart is the uh, a reduction of the Nelson Riddle chart, yeah, uh, yeah. meaning, you know, that was obviously a large studio orchestra that Nelson uh, composed for. Um, yeah, we have a client who hired us many, many years for live events for their national fundraising gala. It's always in Chicago because that's where the headquarters of this foundation is. Mm-hmm. Um, but people come from around the country to go to this gala. And this year, of course, with COVID, they couldn't have a live event. They yeah. did a, an online event. So they asked us to record three songs so they could have a representation of live music at their gala. Yeah. And we uh, you know, picked three numbers. Uh, Fly Me to the Moon was, was their choice because they were having a themed cocktail. And one of the cocktails was called the Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> so they wanted to have the band play this song when they were uh, enjoying their, their drink. <laughs> and they had a mixologist to show people how to make the drinks. It was, it was clever. <laughs> but what this meant for me and my band is we got to, uh, well, everybody recorded in their homes. Yeah. And uh, I mixed the audio together, and then, you know, um, made a video edit of it. Uh, the video edit is pretty entertaining. That's um, great. Yeah. Keith Stewart, who's uh, the, the singer on it, uh, one of the singers in our band, just did a tremendous job on yeah. on, on the lead vocal. And um, it swings. People have really enjoyed it. Uh, a quick question. Um, uh, you mentioned that you edit the sound and the video together. What software are you using for the people who are looking to learn out there? Well, for the audio editing, I'm using Logic. Okay. And for video editing, I'm primarily using Final Cut Pro. Okay. Um, I do have um, a product called Resolve. Okay. Um, there's also um, the Adobe Premiere is very popular for this. I, I'm not an Adobe Premiere user at, at this point. I'm yeah. getting, getting everything uh, uh, met pretty well. Um, with the with the other products, um, let me say that I was not a video editor editor at all uh, until this spring, and this is what I'm talking about with versatility yeah. in, in our advice to um, musicians and music students learning to. Um, be skilled in, in many different crafts is yeah. going to keep you viable and keep you working. So here, um, you know, I recorded the band, I made the video edit. I didn't, so this, therefore, I didn't have to hire an external editor to make this happen. And part of the revenue from this project, you know, I was able to keep as my own, you know, my own revenue. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, let's give a listen to the virtual Don Kagan music big band <laughs> playing uh, Fly Me to the Moon. Fly me to the moon And let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand In other words Baby, kiss me Fill my heart with song And let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore 
In other words, please be true. In other words, I love you. song and let me sing forevermore you are all I long for all I worship and adore in other words please be true in other words in other words We're kind of at the end of our uh, little conversation here. Um, uh, what's in the horizon for you right now? Uh, tell me about your website. Tell me, you know, you know this is a chance to, you know, ka-ching, really get, get out there and uh, promote. What are you up to? All right. Well, we have, you know, two companies going, Kagan Music, which is okay. C-A-G-E-N. Yeah. And um, – that's the business that uh, provides music for special events, okay. weddings, charity galas, corporate events. And uh, that business is somewhat in hibernation due to COVID, but okay. uh, we are booking events for the, for the future, for you know, 2021 20, and beyond. Very and then good. our second business is Enhance Productions, which can be found on the web at enhanceproductions.com. Productions is plural. Yeah. And that business... Um, is involved with producing online events, um, okay. online board meetings, uh, charity galas. We do lots of video production, um, video editing, choir videos, virtual choir videos, virtual band videos like the Fly Me to the Moon that uh, you just yeah, played the audio yeah. of. So these virtual projects is really where I think I'm going to – be spending most of my time over the next year until, you know, we heal from the uh, virus. Yeah, well, we all have to do it. But I, I really applaud uh, what you're achieving here. Um, and it's, it's, folks, it's amazing. You got to watch. You got to hear the, the music on this uh, podcast. But go to YouTube and watch watch these things because it's, it's really a fascinating uh, thing to be learning about. Don? I can't thank you enough for doing this today. Uh, I really appreciate your sharing your experience, your wisdom, and most of all, your music with us. You are very welcome. We could talk for hours, Nick. Uh, oh, just <laughs> just scratch the surface, and I appreciate the opportunity uh, to speak to your listeners. Great. Thanks again. I want to thank my friend, Don Kagan, for sharing his experience with us today. I found our conversation really compelling. Now, if you like today's show... I hope you visit my SoundCloud profile and listen to all the archives. All the shows end up being mini masterclasses or career day seminars 
on how to navigate the music business. Well, that's it for this show. Until the next program, don't stop the music. Peace. Peace.